expected something, something better than before. We expected something more. Do you really think you can just put it in a safe behind a painting, lock it up and leave? Do you really think you can just put it in Hello everyone and welcome back to Reservations. We're your hosts, I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm Jeremy Blair. Uh so dude. Yeah. We were just talking about it, but man, Disney like just overwhelmed everyone two days ago. It was a mess uh, of just, you know, I mean, just all of these announcements all at once. I'm not sure that was the way to do it. Um, well, this just dump of knowledge on all. I mean, you know, like, I get it. They're stoked. But well, a lot of this stuff, like a lot of it's not coming out for a while. I know. So it's like, why would you announce it already? Well, like I was saying, I think it's because since it was their investors conference, they had to be like, yeah, this is what we've got in the pipeline. Please give us more money. Yeah. It's, Even uh, though we're already a multi-billion dollar company. It was just a little overwhelming on my Facebook page. Yeah. So. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I'm really excited about. We were kind of talking about off, you know, off mic, but, um, you know, a lot of the Star Wars stuff I'm really excited for being a avid Star Wars fan. Uh... Like the Ahsoka show, I'm really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I read all of them, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, comprehension was not there for me. I didn't right. understand a lot of it, <laughs> right? Like, the only reason I knew who uh, Rosario Dawson was... Was because of The Mandalorian recently? Yeah, uh, was, um, was because I, I had seen... The, the cartoon of that character oh, e- the, everywhere. Like, I mean, you know, yeah. it just be, I mean, I don't know who she is or what her story or whatever that is. Brief backstory and then we'll get nope. into the, no, no, well, I'll, we don't this, no, that. that's all I was going to say. Right. And then we'll get into the, the, the episode. Um, she's Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. Okay. She was introduced during the, the Clone Wars show. Mm-hmm. So Dave Fellini introduced her <clears throat> and she became like a real fan favorite. Like, uh, of course, you know, the Clone Wars is a, the show itself is a whole mess because he intentionally each season isn't linear. Okay. So you have to watch it in a specific order to understand it. Oh, well, until you get to like season four and then it's linear. I probably won't. But um, shout out to my buddy Kale. Uh, he's not watching or listening. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he also has to have this stuff explained to him. Uh, his boss loves Star Wars and knows hey, all about Star it. Star Wars is awesome. And so like... Kale had to tell me what the whole thing with the black saber was all about. The, the dark saber, Jesus oh Christ! Oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, so um, we just need things sort of mansplained to us a little bit about <laughs> Star Wars, so we can. I mean, I don't care. It doesn't hinder my enjoyment of the show. It's still a fistful of dollars in space, which is fine with me. <laughs> like I don't care about any of the other <laughs> other stuff that's going yeah. on. But anyway, um, uh, so that's. I mean, that's just what we've been yeah. up to the past couple of days. Oh, yeah. Uh, and before we really get into the episode, we want to give a, a shout-out, because like we mentioned last week, we were going to have a new logo. And we do have a new logo. Uh, we'll have it up here on the screen somewhere, if you oh. haven't already seen it. Boom, right there. Um, our buddy Alex helped us out, and since we already had someone tell us what it was, uh, yep. we'll tell you. We recreated the Prestige, uh, and it came out really well. Dude, uh, Alex kicked it completely out of the park. It's amazing. I would say season three and this season is yeah. our best logos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think our Parasite logo was really, really well done. Um, I think that the Reservoir Dogs one is great. I'm not saying it's not great. No, yeah. 
I'm saying that... But that one was kind of rushed. It was a little rushed. Because we were deep into season four by the time we had that. Yeah. And so... But now that we have this new one, uh, I'd love it. I think it's so oh, bad. Yeah. And so now we're going to have to top it. I know. So, we have to top it each... Um, just like with our end of series yeah. seasons. Yeah. Uh, so we'd like to give a special shout out, shout out to Zach. Uh, Zach, I apologize. I'm not going to accidentally mispronounce your last name. But, you know, Zach, we appreciate you listening. Uh, again, we can't pay you, but uh, <laughs> but thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, and uh, hopefully you stick around. We are going to be talking a little bit about Zach in this episode. He's a buddy of mine, uh, and we were texting each other uh, throughout watching the film last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lives in Lubbock, and so we, um, instead of like going to one another's house to watch it, <laughs> we were just texting each other. And so he's got some pretty good insight. Why didn't you FaceTime? You could have FaceTimed the whole time. Yeah, but... Then I don't know. Maybe he would have seen how tipsy I was, maybe because <laughs> I was drinking some um, during my viewing of this one. So uh, if you didn't listen to our Truman Show episode last week, how dare you? Uh, but this week we were discussing Warrior, Warrior, which I really have to enunciate. When I told my mom we were doing this, she was like, "Huh? Huh? Why? Like Warrior?" She was like. What a, a war! I was like, warrior, and she was like, oh, yeah. so warrior is warrior. what we're discussing. Um, so Jeremy, I want to go and tell you this now. Get this out of the way, sure. And we can move on. All right. Um, this movie made me cry. Okay, I'm being 100 percent honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, talking tears streaming down my face. Awesome. Uh, last 16 minutes of the film, of course. Um, of because course. and we'll and I want to talk about it really deeply once we get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all I could think about was my own relationship with my brother. Oh, I see. Okay, and I'm I was just bawling. Ashley uh, was still asleep because I, I meant to watch this movie last night, but I watched the first thirty minutes last night, went to bed, and then finished it this morning. But I don't know how I didn't wake her up. I was just hysterical. Wow. I didn't. That's I didn't wipe my tears until the credits rolled. I mean, it's I'm I'm glad that you know you had that reaction. I wouldn't have, obviously. I'm an only child. Yeah. Uh, and so, but I do get the the emotion and really just the the sheer power of the relationship, lack thereof. This mm-hmm. sort of turmoil, but not only between the brothers, but also of Patty, their father. Yeah. And so Nick Nolte, listen, we're going to get there. Because yeah, we have to talk about Nick. Everyone has such a powerhouse performance in this. And it's really not a movie that I think people think about when they think about, you know, great films. Yeah. And they should. Uh, I think this is sort of a sleeper hit um, for me. I, I think that not enough people talk about it. Um, yeah, I remember when I first saw the the very first trailer. I was like, "That looks really interesting. I'm gonna have to see that." And I never got around to see it, and okay. I never got around to watching it. And I kept, but I always kept coming back to it. I was like, "I gotta see that movie. I have to see that movie." And uh, I'm glad it took this to finally make me yeah, watch yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I I mean, I was into it. Like, I was getting real into it. Like, I I literally stood up and uh, tried to cheer because I didn't. I wasn't trying to wake up Ashley, but I literally like was like walking in a circle when Brendan won the match against Koba. Koba. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was like 
fuck yeah, dude. Like, yeah, it was a it's, real UFC fight. It's so intense. And what what this movie does very, very well is it it treats MMA with such respect, right? Yeah, this, it's not... MMA is taken very seriously in this movie, and it's not just a, a catalyst for the narrative. It is deep and embedded in the story. So mm-hmm. it needs to be treated that way. It's not like uh, the Kevin James movie, Here Comes the Boom. Sure. I didn't see that, but yeah. I, I've seen it. It's it's decent. I mean, it's kind of the That's same. <laughs> you know, it, No, it's decent. Like, I was expecting it to be horrendous, but it, I was like, okay, it wasn't too bad. But, you know, it's kind of like they took Brendan's arc and amped it r- up to like 11, that this teacher needs the money for something so he starts MMA fighting and not that they didn't take it seriously either but you know that movie is more comedic right than this movie which is very serious not and comedic very, at all yeah at <laughs> right. all like I didn't laugh once no during this movie but um but yeah man it's I and the, MMA is not something I'm very familiar with I neither am I I mean like I I get it I get the point you know these guys go in the ring they fight you tap out, you're out. I know that there are lots of rules. I know there is. It's an insane amount of work and technique to be able to do MMA. Mm-hmm. I just don't know a whole lot about it. I'm not a sports fella, and so I don't because blatantly obvious by the fact it is called it a sports fella. Um, the sports ball. Yeah, like I'm not. You know, <laughs> I've seen a handful of, of fights my entire life. I'm not. You know, too hip on any of that stuff yeah I remember uh, when my dad got super into it yeah and then that faded pretty quickly but he got like real into it he's like yeah we're gonna watch the fight tonight and I was just like I mean it seems super cool. rad and I added it'd be cool to be into something like that but I don't know uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really feel like it um, um but let's go ahead and jump into it so okay. um this movie not only does MMA really well but it does something that is almost impossible, and that is presenting you with two characters that are going against one another, mm-hmm. and you have you cannot pick a side. You can't. You you no. can't find a reason why the other person deserves it less or more. Mm-hmm. They both deserve it equally, and so you know, like you said, once we get to the end, I mean, it's just it's the most intense and the most anxious mm-hmm. I've been watching a, a movie in a long time. Oh yeah, man. I, I was like, I was like, Oh fuck, here we go. And it's amazing. I mean, you know, I don't know how much work that must've taken to even just come up with reasoning for why they need the money. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, both are extremely valid and yeah. both are reasonable and both are important. And so it's not like you can say, well, that one's less important. Well, it's yeah. not. And, 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 right. and I don't think it was intentional, but during the movie while I was watching it, I, you know, at least for me, Tom Hardy's character, at least, you know, is a bit of an asshole. I mean, and yeah, and he has every reason to be, you know, there's a lot of history with right. their dad that is told through... Um, very, very little actually, but well, you yeah. know what they're talking about, and you know, very slick exposition. You know yeah. the the line um, when Patty says that he's done with women, and Tommy goes, "Yeah, it must be hard to find a woman to take a punch these days, right?" Yeah, there's exposition, right? And you know, it's 
we don't have to see it in flashback. We don't have to talk about it all that much. But but, um, but the scene that you know I'm referring to is when he ends up you know breaking his dad's spirit so much he goes back to drinking. I was like Tommy. Zach and I when we were texting each other back and forth last night, he says that that one breaks his heart every time. Oh, that yeah. scene when, you know, he is, they're at the slot machines and he is just, you know, destroying his mm. dad, um, hitting every single button he knows will devastate him. Right. Mm-hmm. Very calculated. Oh yeah. And I think, you know, obviously Tommy has every right to hate his dad. Right. Right. Brendan has every right to hate his dad. They kind of have every right to hate one another, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, a really toxic situation mm-hmm. that they're in, right? Oh, yeah. And one last thing I'll leave on before we, we kind of get back into it, uh, everything is, um, you know, I always felt very early on that this was a redemption story. But it wasn't until the very end where I realized it was more so about these two brothers redeeming and fixing their relationship right and i think even patty recognizes that at the end he's like you know they're not going to need me but they've got each other yeah again we'll get to the ending and because right, 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 that's right. that's almost its own episode but yeah um all right so the movie starts out with the national of course uh yeah. start a war from uh boxer their uh one two fourth album um, I'm a huge fan. They're probably my favorite band, The National. Yeah, and you sent me one of their albums, and I just haven't had the time to listen to it. But it's downloaded on my phone. They're amazing, right? And mm-hmm. um, the the director and co-writer, Gavin O'Connor, um, also is a big fan and would play their music while he would write the script. And, of course, the main one being About Today, which is how the movie ends. Yeah. Um. And they even recorded a special version of it. Just for the movie? For the movie, right. That's awesome. Um, and it's the one that they do in concerts, because uh, it's longer. And oh, it's, okay. Right. Um, and so I love that. I love the introduction with each character, right? Mm-hmm. We're starting to slowly understand who these people are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, of course, am a little biased, and I think I like Tom Hardy's character more. I think just because I love Tom Hardy so much. Yeah. Um, and the main thing I love about Tommy, which is his character's name, so it's easy to remember, um, uh, Tommy's body language and Zach pointed this out last night that he, you know, Tommy doesn't talk a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And so he has to use his body language to convey certain emotions or, character traits, right? Mm-hmm. And so he, he uses his body language to work the scene instead of using dialogue, right? And it's incredible. Well, and, and I've noticed that about Tom as an actor, that if, if a character that he's playing doesn't have many speaking lines, yeah, he uses his body. And it not all the time, but in a few roles, it's this one being one of them, he lumbers around a lot. You know, almost, almost like it... Like an animal, mm-hmm. you know, that he's... And we find out very quickly how much of an animal this guy is, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially in that first sparring session oh, yeah, where dude. he knocks out Mad Dog, who is apparently one of the, you know, the contenders top, yeah. Yeah, in, in the MMA world. <laughs> yeah, knocks him out with just... 
very little effort. Yeah. Um, and again, it's... I think Tommy is so good at this because of how angry he is all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? And especially when he decides to join this competition mm-hmm. that uh, the Spartan competition right which I'm surprised is not a real thing you know oh, uh, the uh, the guy in the film who uh, starts the Spartan mm-hmm. is Gavin O'Connor oh okay uh, is the director yeah. um, and so when he decides to do this and he has to go to Patty for training mm-hmm. because he wants to win he needs to win Therefore, he needs someone who knows how to train him and knows what they're talking about. And unfortunately, it's his, his, it's dad. his dad. And I think the fact that he has to kind of sort of in some way make peace with Patty mm-hmm. is, you know, driving him crazy. And he's still so angry. And so I think that, you know, that also fuels the fire. Oh, yeah. Is him having to grit his teeth and fight through this sort of you know time spent with his dad that he hates oh yeah right yeah and we and we definitely see that when uh you know brennan finally confronts him and he's like you know you forgave dad but you didn't forgive me and he's like forgave dad no he's just some old vet i trained with yeah you know so even in his mind he's like he has to compartmentalize because yeah. if he sees him as his dad, he wouldn't be able to focus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that whole beach scene is also just so incredible oh, yeah. and uh, so full of emotion. Um, I call it the meeting of the brothers uh, when they when they meet each other in Atlantic City. Yeah. Um, because they really they don't interact until then, mm-hmm. right? They yeah. haven't seen each other in years, or God, talked, yeah, since. They were kids. It's mm-hmm. what it implies. Uh, I would say probably they were 16 to 15. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, Brennan says, I was a 16-year-old kid. Right. So I would assume if they're probably maybe one, two years apart. <laughs> and Tom Hardy is the younger brother, which yeah. I, which is like, no way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because he's just he's just a gigantic person, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But... Um, Anyway, Tom Hardy. So, again, Hardy is playing this character so beautifully, and I love his accent work. I always do. He always oh, yeah. just kicks that, you know, up a notch every time. It's I, amazing. I often forget that he's actually British. Yeah. Because in almost every movie I've seen him in, except for like a handful, he's using an American accent of even some sort. Even when he is British in a movie, it's not his own. He he, he chooses a different dialect. Yeah, I know on Inception he kind of made it a little higher pitched. Yeah, in Locke it's a little different also. Uh, his natural speaking voice is very smooth, very quiet, very soft. Um, Does he use it in Taboo? No, that's a different one. Damn. Yeah. So the only time we hear Tom Hardy use his real... It's different, yeah. Would you say, what about Bronson? No, that's got to be different because he's playing an actual real-life person. That's right. So what you're saying is the only time we hear Tom Hardy speak with his real accent is interviews and behind the scenes? Yeah, or when he, he did this thing where he would read uh, children's books that's on awesome. YouTube. That's uh, and he would have his dog with him. And, that's uh, awesome. So you can find those. Those are fun. I'm going to look them up now. Okay, great. Um, now, this not all of this to say 
Joel Egerton also does an amazing job. Oh, yeah. I, again, I still forget he's British, too. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the only two actors, or three actors, I would say, in this movie that aren't are Frank, Tess, and Patty. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the only... Well, Jennifer, and of course, Mor- Jennifer Morrison, who a lot of you guys would know from House, if you guys are big uh, fans of that. Uh, I'd know her mainly from How I Met Your Mother, Zoe. Oh, which right. is funny because me and Ashley were just talking about the Zoe season of How I Met Your Mother. We hate the most. Okay. Of course, you know you wouldn't know that as much because you're not a avid How I Met Your Mother no. rewatcher. No. It's yeah. you find the you find the fine details when you rewatch How I Met Your Mother. Oh my god. So <laughs> uh, Jennifer Morrison is fantastic. Oh, she in this is also. Yeah. Um, what is Frank's? Uh, what's the actor's name? Frank. Well, no, but what is his last name? <laughs> I don't know. Someone's a G. Right. As soon as I was like, oh my god. You he... like to do this thing where you, when you talk about actors and and directors, you just use their first name, I, which is fine. I don't like doing that. It makes me uncomfortable because I don't know these people. So I like to know the last name. Wait, I've it it's, it's like Frank Grillo. I don't know. Something with a G. Oof. I just know that. Then he goes on to play Crossbones in the MCU. And Crossbones' alter ego's name is Frank Rumlow. Yep. So, homie just... I feel like he's like, is his name Frank? Cool, I'm in. Yeah, it's... Uh, there was another actor, famously, would only play uh, characters with... His first his name? His first name, yeah. Oh, I don't God. remember who it was, but... Or it may just be a coincidence that he... It might be. He, he takes roles that... It's Frank. Frank, Frank well, yeah. Right, because the um, the MCU one is a, is a coincidence for sure. Yeah. Right? Anyway, he's also great in this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it was it was refreshing to see him as a genuine good guy instead of playing a good guy who's secretly a bad guy. And you know, I <clears throat> I really like his relationship with Brendan because oh, yeah. he's again would... he's not the savior right at first because he's he's yes he's going to train Brendan but he's not going to stop every drop everything he's doing. He goes, you can be over here. Right. Because I'm busy with this guy, right? So it gives a little bit of reality to the situation that, mm-hmm. you know, he's busy, right? Yeah. And I, I do like that. That's a nice touch. Yeah, that right. it's not like, oh, my buddy Brennan, you you want to start fighting again? Let me just drop everything. Exactly. And we're training right now. Didn't happen that way. Right? Of course, we, I mean, we did get the like, okay, yeah, let me go out to my car and get my stuff. Now? And he's he just like... This gives the whole like, eh, like yeah. yeah now yeah let's go yeah um I I like that they really weren't as specific on his daughter's illness you know it's her Just, heart yeah it's about it yeah I think yeah I think as far as spoon feeding us motivations for these characters right I think that was plenty. and you know the which I can't believe you haven't mentioned yet because this is two movies in a row. Uh, with um, with our buddy from Truman Show. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah I, uh, I was going to mention that. He's the insurance that. guy, right? Yeah. Uh, Marlon, I can't think of that actor's name. Yeah, I can't either. Hey, but I don't even think he has a character name in Not this in one. Not in this one. No, no, no. I think he's just, I'm sure he's credited as like bank. Bank guy. Bank guy. Right. Bank investor. Yeah. And, and so that scene also, it's not just the the daughter has medical issues. It's daughter has medical issues and... They're struggling financially. Right. Not necessarily because of that, but almost also. Right. Mm. Um, and again, which is good enough for me. Like, they need yeah. the money for their family. That's fine. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And it's... But Tommy 
also needs it for his family, but not his blood family, right? Right. Uh, this is his uh, brother in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I real I loved that story. Um, him on the phone um, mm. with the widow is uh, Pilar heartbreaking. <clears throat> and well, and it's the only time we see Tommy really let his guard down. Right. He is being you know he's being sincere when he's asking, "How are you?" Right. And How are the kids? And you know he's still himself, right? But he's you're right. He's sweet, considerate, thoughtful, right? Mm. He's a completely different Tommy that we see for the rest of the movie. Especially considering right before he makes that call, I guess, the, you know, the owner of the gym that he's been training at is like, yeah, I got you into Sparta. And he's just like... And then the guy's like, you know, I thank you and 10% is customary and he just keeps walking away. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then we get that phone call. His face, man, it, during that phone call... There's nothing like it. You oh, know, yeah. the, the acting is tremendous. Oh, yeah. And Tom he, Hardy is unbelievable. Yeah, I, I really feel like we get a real sense of his range mm-hmm. with this movie. Because, I mean, he, Tom, and I feel like we've talked about it before, Tom Hardy has a fantastic range. Mm-hmm. But I really think with this movie, you can see it. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, see, I agree. see the range that he can go to. Because I know he's done comedies with, like, that stupid spy movie with Chris Evans this means war or something <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that you know and and then you know like really intense dramas like Bronson you know I I mean I don't think he can make a bad movie and we're gonna disregard this means war <laughs> but uh, dude I I was just I was sold the minute we see him on screen and how he's talking to Nick Nolte you know, like when he offers him the small bottle of Jameson, and Nick Nolte's like, "I don't do that anymore, son." He's like, "What? You change brands? You switch brands?" They yeah, and it just, that. and oh man, I just I was sold the minute. And here's what's interesting: is I don't think that either Tommy had already heard about the Sparta event, and that's why he was there. Mm-hmm. But mm. more likely, he was there for something else. And I don't know what that something else would have been, right? Um, it's it's ambiguous why he was there. And I, this is how the movie opens. The movie mm. opens... With Patty with, coming home. Yeah, and Tommy's on the... On the, on stoop. the stoop. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. I actually didn't think about that. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, everyone. Again, it's... I mean, it's... You know, much like we did last week, this is sort of diving a little deeper than most people do. But well, I mean, yeah, but it does give us something to think about. Like, why did he come home in the first place? Right. If because you know, in the scene where he's signing up at the gym, he sees the Spartan poster that they have, and so I guess, yeah, who knows? Because yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Now it could also be. Um, I, and this is kind of embarrassing, I've never caught the the time between him going AWOL and him showing up at Patty's door, right? Oh, you mean like that? W- what's the time frame, mm-hmm. right? It yeah. might, it, that might be why he's there, right? Yeah. Um, is that he needs a place to lay low for a while. 
Well, you know, and that's when it's revealed. That's why he's going by his mother's maiden name, Reardon. Mm-hmm. Reardon. So they can't find the service record because I, I think he had a suspicion that you know my face is going to be plastered over everything. I need to really make sure that I cover my tracks. That's why he never did any press interviews at the fight. And, you know, I, I'd like to think that he wouldn't have anyway. Yeah. Right? Probably. You know, it's the... You know, and they make a big deal in this film, which I love about walkout music. Yeah. Uh, because it's kind of sport... It's a little bit of sports psychology, right? It's the... Because it's know, meant to hype you up. Getting the fighter in the right frame of mind to do their best, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to get them in the zone, as it were. Right. right? And the fact that he doesn't have any is strange. Right, because every fighter has walkout music. Yeah. Um, and so, and the fact that, you know, Brendan's is Beethoven because that's how they train to the rhythm and to the, I, I guess, the tempo of the Beethoven scores mm-hmm. um, is also interesting. And so I, I really liked that they sort of put a spotlight on something you normally wouldn't think about too much. Yeah. Um, which is walkout music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't even think of what Tommy would use for walkout music if he wanted to. And I walk- think that's why it's so perfect that he didn't have any because that's the perfect option, mm-hmm. right? Um, Tommy doesn't seem like he has a favorite song. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> or a favorite anything. No. And so when you know he just walks in there, and once he wins, he leaves. Right. Yeah. No. <clears throat> Excuse me, everyone. No, no showboating. No ref holding his hand up. Nope, I won. I'm gone. I'm out. <clears throat> and it's God. almost like he knows he won before <laughs> they check. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I was actually worried about that. Even though I kind of I knew the the brothers were gonna have to fight. I was like, wait, what if he walks out and they're like, yeah, no, he's he's still good. Like you got to come back. Right. Nope. Now, especially when he... When he the knocked, first round? Knocked the guy out in one punch. I know, dude. It's like, it's over. It's done. Dude, that... I was like, oh my god. Because he's an animal, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, he becomes something subhuman when he's in the when he's in the octagon, right? Especially in, in the fight... His fight with Brennan. And I think that that's why, number one, his... He's... It's almost meant that he needs to be a little more like an animal, right? The the way he's postured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's always kind of hunched. Insane muscular physique, right? The, yeah. the traps, it was I mean, it's insane, right? I know, touching I did, his ear I almost. didn't really notice it until I want to say one of him and Brennan's fight, it looked like they got bigger. Yeah, because I mean, he's like it's the he's almost meant to be non-human when he's right. in the ring, right? He's letting his emotions take over, and of course, most of that is going to be just sheer rage, mm-hmm. right? And so he's not thinking, right? He's thinking enough to where he instinctually knows the fight style, right? Right. He knows the rules of the game, but in terms in terms of anything else, he's not thinking. Oh yeah, right. To where um, at the very end, which we'll get there. You know, he is so focused that it almost doesn't matter. He's in his corner alone, right? Mm-hmm. 
and you see him just pay. You know, we'll get there. Uh, I don't want to jump in too much yeah. uh, because uh, we still need to talk about Nick Nolte for oh you yeah. know six hours. Yeah, uh, three days straight because streaming. And Zach and I again. Sorry to mention Zach again, but I'm sure Zach is liking it. Um, <laughs> we you know talked about how really the most dramatic we get in the film or the more emotion we feel for us anyway because mm-hmm. he also doesn't he has a sister but he you know he doesn't have a um is when patty is talking to one of them right right um when when patty is talking to tom at the diner Mm-hmm. Right, where he's, you know, telling him to take the stupid fucking pills out of his pocket and you don't drink coffee and all that stuff. That's, even that's powerful, right? Yeah. The two of them just talking about, you know, how how this training is going to go. Um, it gets a little bit more intense when he goes to see Brendan to tell mm-hmm. him Tommy's back. I'm at a thousand days sober. I'd like to be back in your life. And of course, no. Yeah, and you know, and... I, and and I recognize it with Brendan. He, you know, he, he hits his dad with truth. But unlike Tommy, he's not out to hurt his dad. He's like, you know, just here's the facts. I don't want you in my life. You call or you write. That's This it. is what we agreed on. This, right. Yeah, and so of course, the damage is more than done. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think for Brendan, it's a little bit more because he stayed. Yeah. So he has more time with dad mm-hmm. than Tommy did because right. Tommy left with mom. Of course, his that option is also terrible, right? Right. Because she ended up getting sick and she died, right? Yeah. Um, sorry, guys. And and so you know neither option is great. But in terms oh, yeah. of relationship with Patty, Brendan seems. He he's got right. He's almost like he's got anger towards him, but not. Not as much as Tommy. Yeah. And I think it's because where Brendan can sort of see the the steps he's trying to make to be a better person, mm-hmm. right? Tommy never saw that. Tommy, you know, was there at the very worst, and then he left. And so he gets to just... Latch onto that. Right. And, and sort of that's all he's going to think about. Over mm-hmm. and over and over again, right? Not to say that Patty deserves some slack for getting sober. I, I think that the damage is done and what he has probably done and that it's alluded to is unforgivable. And that's fine that they don't want to make amends for me. Right. I mean, I mean, I, uh, I mean, I do think that people do deserve a chance. I mean, yeah, I agree. Probably what he, you know, what's alluded to is unforgivable, but, you know, he definitely seems to be trying thousand days sober uh and it is trying you know of course it's you know brendan gives him that half you know i forgive you but i don't trust you you know and i think that's what hits worse it's almost like when your parents say i'm not mad i'm, not, I'm disappointed i'm just disappointed I, you know and it's almost like patty can considers those two things to be the same and so trust and forgiveness yeah and so um obviously that means nothing to him because without one the other doesn't matter right right and well again nick nolte is brilliant in how he plays patty 
to be to have this demeanor of you can see what he used to be like and mm-hmm. how scary that must have been but also kind of how pathetic he is now right yeah especially in his you know attempts to reach out and make amends with his sons they're it's sad oh, because yeah. it's you can tell that you know to the brothers it's pathetic right yeah especially for Tommy you know that's one of the things that Tommy says to him in the casino right. is you know I I was right I liked you better as a drunk at least you had some balls yeah dude I was just like oh my god Tommy yeah. stop um yeah man Nick Nick Nolte is I've never seen him uh, play a character like this before you know Nick because of his voice he's usually the bad guy yeah. in movies you could argue he still is in this one I mean I think it's just because we get all of this vague uh, non-specific exposition of about, how horrible he used to be my imagination goes crazy and it's just like god he must have done this 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 right right um which doesn't necessarily mean i'm correct it just means you know i'm it, yeah more likely to assume the worst right right and you know and, and of course that's what we're meant we're meant to empathize with the brothers not patty patty right right well and you know the other thing too is it definitely seems like you know kind of like what we've been saying is brendan feel you know is more apt to truly forgive him you know especially during his fights you know patty's kind of uh, cheering him on and he's like i got this i got this i can't wait to talk about the fights oh yeah we're not quite there yet yeah because not yet not yet because the the differences between the brothers fights mm-hmm. is is a staple of their characters and who they are as people right right doesn't matter we'll get there so <laughs> uh, nick nolte so i want to talk about his falling off the wagon his uh, relapse yeah this might be i know that you were sort of sobbing at the end mm-hmm. if well, this- if i were apt to cry during movies which i'm not really it would have been this one. It well, would have been this scene right here. It, I mean, it broke my heart. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I was like, damn, Tommy, you you broke his spirit. And Tommy seems to know that. Tommy isn't, you know, just isn't shrugging like, it off like it's nothing. He feels bad, I think. Yeah, I mean, he takes the time to That's right. calm his dad down. Because, you know, when, when we hear... Nick Nolte quoting, you know, Moby Dick. Moby Dick, you know, we just see the outside of the hotel, and I, well, I, I, like, I instantly knew I was like something's wrong. Right. And then we don't see him yet. We see the empty bottles, tiny bottles of the idea whiskey. Of, of it's almost like Gavin O'Connor is telling you to attribute church, Moby Dick, to his sobriety. Right. Mm-hmm. Those things are all connected. Right. He has. He is filling his need to drink, to drink with audiobooks and church. Right. And right. so when he is drunk listening to Moby Dick, 
I think it's all the more heartbreaking just because, you know, the thing that we have associated with his sobriety, Moby Dick. Has now. Right. It is now being drug into his drunken state of confusion and rage. Mm-hmm. Right. And the. I. Every time I just can't believe the sheer visceral power that comes off of his face when he is nose to nose with Tommy and he's begging Captain Ahab to turn the ship around. Right. Mm -hmm. His face is beat red and his eyes. I mean, it's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and without really saying anything, you know, Tom really in my opinion, stands toe-to-toe with that mm-hmm. and doesn't say anything, embraces Nick, puts him on the bed, and calms him and down. almost without changing his facial expression, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like he expected this to happen, and I guess I'm going to have to, for right now, take care of this, and then I can go. Yeah. Right? Uh, my last fight is tonight. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that Tom Hardy is one of the greatest actors in terms of, well, in general, but also in terms of not needing dialogue. Yeah. Right? Uh, I think he's really good at it. I honestly think that um, Ryan Gosling is also. Uh, in a lot of his films, he doesn't really speak a whole lot. Right. Either. And I just think that these actors, you know, have this way of using their body language to convey emotion mm-hmm. right oh, yeah. um and to say things that they you know don't need to say out loud right right uh, and yeah, tom hardy's amazing at it. i think the only thing he really says during that whole scene is when he gets him on the bed and he's like no stay down and i think that's really the only thing he says because the whole time he's just he's watching him and he's shushing him and it just right. It, it did. It broke. It broke my heart because yeah. I do. I agree. I think Tommy recognized like ah, I fucked up. I took it too far. At least in my opinion. I mean, I agree that he, you know, his facial expressions don't change, and in the back of his mind, he's like, I got to deal with this now. Well, but, and again, I think you're right because the you know. If he didn't feel bad, he wouldn't have done anything. That's yeah. just the kind of person he is. Like, he, he's not going to pretend. Yeah, right? and we kind of get that. I was just thinking with the diner scene, you know, where his, where Patty's like, well, I, I didn't tell him anything. He's like, you think I'd be here talking to you if I knew you said anything to him? Yeah. So I, I agree. I think if he didn't feel bad, yeah, he would have opened up his door, seen... And just closed the door. Closed back down. Right. Or not even opened the door at all. Right. Just be like, oh, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Right. Um, all right. The fights. The fights. Um, Brendan has to work hard. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. His fights are exhausting because they're not as easy as Tommy's. Uh, yeah. Because, again, I think it's showing just how strong and just how insane Tommy is, right? He's an animal. We've talked about that. Right? Yeah. He's an animal. He's not human <laughs> when he's in the ring, right? Brendan is is human, right? Mm-hmm. And he just has to work so much harder. You know, and yeah, we kind of get, you know, again through this I like the term you use sly exposition that 
you know, Tommy was trained as a wrestler. Brendan probably not so much, even though he begged his dad, train me. Dad didn't want to train him. No. Um, and so, anyway, then with Frank, he, you know, we get that evidence of when he was a UFC fighter, he was like, you were old then. Yeah, he was and, and not, I mean, fine, but not great. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I think with those two things, we know, yeah, Brendan has to work hard to, to step in the ring and not do what Tommy can do, but just survive. And again, um, Zach and I last night, uh, Zach said, you know, that the line, listen, you lose, you don't have a home. Mm -hmm. So you can't lose, right? Yeah. Uh, There's no home to go to. You don't go home, right, when this is over. Yeah. And so, um, and I believe that was during the Koba fight, right? Because, yeah, it definitely looked like he was going to lose. And Frank was like, you know... If you want to, you want to throw in the towel. We'll throw in the towel. Comedian Brian uh, Callen, by the way, yeah, um, playing his best Joe Rogan. Uh, they because uh, they're buddies, right? And Why so, didn't they get Joe for this? I don't know. That's a great question because they might as well have. But because yeah, uh, I mean, Joe Rogan pretty much, you know, he does it already, right? Well, that and you know, he he pretty much made what modern UFC is. I don't. I don't know. I didn't read any of that when I was doing my research. Why they I'm sure get Joe, Joe probably didn't want to do it or, or some bullshit. Busy or whatever. He was and, too busy and high and doing his podcast. And Brian Callen, you know, he was just like, "I'll do it." Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I only guest appear on How I Met Your Mother like every other season. Sure, I'm free. Oh my god! Again with How I Met Your Mother. Um, yeah, he plays Bilson, and he has one of my favorite lines where, like, Ted wants to design the new headquarters for their bank. And he wants to let in more light. And Bilson's like, no, you go, you work in the dark. You go home in the dark. And Marshall's like, I need to go. I need to talk to Lily. And he's trying to leave. And he's like, where are you going? And like, slowly sits back down. Bilson's a great asshole character. Yeah. Anyway. So Brian Callen doing his best Joe Rogan, right? Well, isn't he technically playing himself? Well, he's, well, yes, he is playing himself, but he based most of his stuff on Joe Rogan, right? Mm, um, like, like, I'm a believer now. Yeah, a lot of his, you know, commentary and his, uh, I guess his witticisms while, <laughs> witticisms. while, <laughs> while commentating the fights. Right. Uh, like having that fish, like this... <laughs> It is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, shit like that. You know? Yeah. That kill. I'm like, where was he hiding that? Why does he have that? You know, did he buy that just for that? I know. Right? Um, really makes me... Why is he, why is he got like, this shtick going on right now? Yeah, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Um, and I just, I just love the... Because Tommy's the exact opposite. Right. Tommy goes in... He murders the person and then he leaves. Right? Yeah. It's even alluded to he killed Mad Dog. <laughs> he, he is fleeing like he just left yeah. a crime like, scene. He's not leaving the ring. He's leaving a crime scene, right? Which is a great line. Um, and and again, it's just it's just over so fast, mm-hmm. right? His fights don't go to round two, you know. Yeah. Except with, with Brendan. Brendan, right? They they went to three, I think. I think right. so. Three rounds, yeah, because. At the end of round two is when he dislocates his shoulder. And yep. Brennan really doesn't want to keep going, but he's like, well... But anyway, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. So, um, again, these these fights are a testament to their character. They're almost... 
you know, snapshots of who they are. Well, and I really feel like Gavin O'Connor really wanted us to show, really wanted to show us, the audience, you know, Brennan's the underdog, Tommy's the animal. And, you know, it's it's almost like he's saying, calm down, they're going to fight each other, right? Right. Um, but we got to get there first. And so with each round, or with each fight, mm-hmm. uh, it's just like, all right, we're one step closer. We're another step closer. Uh-oh, is Tommy going to fight Koba? Because Koba's going to kill Brendan, right? And then right. it ends up, you know, he does I The thing I do like is that it's believable enough that Brendan would win, yeah. right? That uh, it's not that our, our, our disbelief isn't like not so suspended right, during because that. Because like if Brendan just went in there and just like knocked him out in one punch, I was like, like oh, there we go. Yeah, it wouldn't be believable at yeah. all. Yeah. I, I mean, I started to believe that because at first I was like, oh, there's no way he's going to win. Even though, even though I was like, I know they have to fight. They have to fight. But I was like, there's no way he's going to win. There's no way. And I think they went three rounds. Yeah, Brennan survived the two rounds. And then the third round, he got him to tap out. And see, and, and I appreciated that Brendan didn't knock any of his opponents out. He made them tap out. Right, right. You know? In which case, Tommy, they're all unconscious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. One of them possibly dead. And, <laughs> or at least brain dead. Right, exactly. And so, especially the guy he knocked out in one hit. Dude, that, I was like, oh, here we go. First fight. Oh, it's over. Oh, it's over. Okay, great. Oh, moving that on. guy died. <laughs> oh, he's dead. And I, I, I just love that he Bane just... Bane killed that guy. He just leaves. Yeah. Right? Um, and again, the way he acts in the ring is so animalistic. The way he takes out his mouth guard, mm. his shoulders are up and he's pacing and he's he doesn't stop moving, right? Mm-hmm. Like a shark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's... And it's intense. Like, I mean, I know you, you, you have to be intense in UFC because it's, it's all about, you know, he, confidence he, he and stuff. He seems to be the most intense. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think if if they had written the fight between him and Koba, I mean, I would have loved to see that. Yeah. But uh, I don't even think Koba could have been able to handle Tommy. That like, would have been a one-rounder also. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah, dude. It, it, was, uh, it was crazy. All right. So, their fight. Their fight. Uh, I don't think I've ever been more tense for any scene in any movie I've seen. Right, because again, Gavin O'Connor has told us these guys have legitimate reasons for winning the money. Mm. Who do you think is going to win? And yeah. you're just like, I don't know. Right? I, I don't want either of them to lose. I know, especially after, right before their fight, is the reveal that Tommy went AWOL. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think this is my only nitpicky thing. Okay. I highly doubt the military police would have let him finish the fight. I yeah. ninety percent certain they would have arrested him on the spot and Brendan would have won. I thought about that too. Technicality. I also kind of thought, you know, again, I would need to talk to my uncle, but I would assume that his brothers in arms, the fellow Marines in the Marine Corps. Wouldn't like that he went AWOL. It wouldn't support him so much. I know. Right? But again, these are nitpicky things. And, yeah, but... Um, but yeah, yeah. So anyway, but right before their fight, we get the reveal that Tommy went AWOL. Everyone knows their brothers now. And 
for everyone watching back at, in Pittsburgh and at the actual arena, the stakes just went up to 11. Yeah. Because two brothers are about to fight. Yeah. And it's sort of, you know, suspending your disbelief a little that two brothers ended up being, being the final two. Right. But, in this in this massive tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Super Bowl of MMA right. fights. Um, but, I mean... But it's fantastic. And yeah. It's, and it's played so smooth. And, you know, their disbelief that they're brothers, it's fine. It plays it off, and I'm fine. Yeah. Right? Because uh, Brian Callen's like, you're not going to believe this. Right? Mm. They're brothers. Oh, right? yeah. And... Um, and of course, all the reactions of the people back home, right? The the students. They're just like, what? Right. And then Tess made it to the event mm-hmm. in Atlantic City. God knows who's watching their kids. Um, uh, the, the bank guy. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Watch the kids in the house you're trying to take away. Exactly. He's probably like, yeah, you gotta uh, take your house away if your dad loses. Yeah. <laughs> so. I love that, right? Right. And the entire time, right, we are we are seeing them finally go to blows, right? And it's almost like, you know, they needed to do this whether or not they were doing this MMA thing or not. Yeah. Right. I, I agree that because, that, you know, we get, you know, in the beach scene when they finally confront each other. You know, Tommy again, pushing buttons, you know, like... My favorite line is, why am I looking at pictures of people I don't know, right? And, yeah, and Brendan's like, well, of course you don't know. And Zach's, to bring it back to Zach, because we were, you know, uh, his is... <laughs> well, you were texting, right? Yeah, we were texting. Oh, okay. You're such an asshole. <laughs> uh, he, uh, his favorite was, um, you know, it was like, I'm your brother. And he goes, like, I didn't you, know you were the core. Were yeah. you in the core? You know, that, of course, is heartbreaking, right? Because these guys are so disconnected mm. from one another now that they're, they are basically strangers. Right. And right. and so, yeah, so I feel like I agree. If there was no, you like, if the movie had no, like, UFC at all, I feel like the movie would have still had to end with these two brothers fighting. Right. And it's... And it shows that... Obviously, that there's a little bit more than just I want to win. That's it's. I need the money. It's more of I can't believe you left, or I can't I, believe you stayed, mm-hmm. right? And this is of course apparent when Tommy doesn't stop, right? When, yeah, and at, at the end of the first round, and he gets that sucker punch. Yeah, and they're like, and we learn the ref's name, Josh. <laughs> Who was that, Josh? And I, it used to make me so giddy that they knew each other, right? Because it's, I guess it's such a small community that, and he is actually a real... Uh, Ref? Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and so when, and he's well known in the world, right? And so... It's like, wait, hey, you're Josh from Warrior, right? I think the phrase, do your job, Josh, once a month, at least. Uh, I've seen this movie since it came out. I've watched it a ton of times. And so I, it's so ingrained in my brain. That so you just say that to people whose names aren't even Josh? Oh, yeah. I'll That's be, awesome. Like, if I'm upset about someone's like, I'm like, do your job, Josh. <laughs> and they're like, my name's Kevin. I was like, yeah, do your job, Josh. Do your job, Josh. 
Um, <laughs> anyway, that's just my that's my little comedic takeaway from the movie that is not funny. I know. Um, and it, course, it's genuine. Like, do your job. And they also don't stop. I think in the second round either. They they just keep hitting each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, because uh, I think that's when we really see Brendan is starting to. Let his rage right control him because jo- yeah, Josh has to literally keep them it's apart. Like, like it's dude, the round's over. Go to your corners, right? And of course, um, this is where we, especially when he gets his shoulder dislocated. Oh fuck! And, yeah, and and he's not going to give up, right? And mm-hmm. of course not. Why would he? Now, because I also don't know the rules of US UFC. You know, Britain's going to call Josh over, and Frank's like, no, no, no Josh. No, Josh. And again, an- another funny moment that yeah. sticks in my brain forever. But was he going to? I mean, like I said, I don't know the rules of USC, but I assume he was going to tell Josh, like, "Hey, I dislocated his shoulder." Yeah, we need to stop. Yeah. And of course, I don't think Tommy would have let him do that. He would be like, "I'm fine any- anyway." Right. Yeah, because I think the rule is if they say they're fine and they can continue and they're coherent. They're, yeah, though, because you know, unlike boxing. Where if someone got their shoulder dislocated, that's that's it. Yeah. It's done. But um, yeah, because Frank, Frank is pretty much trying to get Brendan to kind of tap into that animalisticness as well. Right, and he's like, "Good, do it to his other shoulder, do right? the other shoulder, and finish it." Right. And Brendan's like, well, uh, "No, yeah. not going to do that." And so, but you know, what I meant by that was, you know, when he is when he has a shoulder dislocated, he's in his corner. It's so, it it's it's so heavy and and so obvious how alone Tommy is mm-hmm. at that moment because not only is he alone in his corner, uh, but he literally has no one else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even though he's got you know all of his Marine Corps you know fans out there, he's got um, the the widow and I don't remember her name at the moment. Pilar. Um, and thank you. And, but in that moment, um, you could almost see the well, loneliness. And I really like, and maybe you saw it, I don't know, but I really like, I, you, you can't tell if it's a bead of sweat that's running down his face or a tear, just one tear. Because the camera, we get a, a nice close-up of mm-hmm. him and we see it's either a bead of sweat or a tear that, yeah. And I, I got that. I was like, he's alone. And he knows he's alone. And now comes in my favorite music cue I think in all of movies dude and I'm pretty sure the the song had partly the re, partly to blame for my reaction yeah it's and this was the song that uh, Gavin O'Connor would play while he and his writing partner were writing the script um, obviously the cherry tree version because this version didn't exist yet uh-huh. um, and it makes a difference and it's it really does shape the film right the mm-hmm. song does yeah, because this is, I, I checked the time code. This is literally the last, like, seven minutes of the movie. Right. And that includes... Uh, credits. Credits. And yeah. so, really cut four minutes off of that, right? Yeah. And so, um, the drums kick in, the violins kick in, and then we're at, you know, about today, and the other sounds fade, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, All we can really hear is the hits. They're, right. Their punches and it's, kicks. It's not... The sound has been dialed down for them, mm. right? Right. The music is up and their sound is down. Not not gone, but lower. Almost 
through a filter kind right. of thing. And it's incredible. The, the you know, Brendan winning. Right. Isn't, you know, for him, isn't really a victory. It is for Tess at that moment, right? Tess is elated. Like, oh, we have $5 million. Like, I can't believe we just won, right? But for Brendan, it's, it's he, I need to take care of my brother. I didn't want to win this way, mm-hmm. right? Um, I didn't want to have to beat my brother, right? right. And, um, and, of course, that's where we get the beautiful final moments where he has his arm around him and he's walking him backstage. And even Tommy's got his arm on him. I mean, yeah, for support to keep himself up. But also, for me, I was like, he's acknowledging, like, I need your help right. to get out of here. And it's... It's extremely powerful, and it's, you know... Yeah, I mean... In and, in and of itself, it's heartbreaking. It's not necessarily a happy ending, right? I mean, for me at least, I was like... They they found their way back to each other. Right. You know, these brothers can now reforge a relationship. Right. And like I said, you know, I felt like Patty even recognized that because he looks at Brendan, and Brendan he, looks back. Yeah, he... And Patty even almost kind of acknowledges... They found each other again. Right. It was almost as if he is finally content with as long as they're together, I don't need to be there at all. Right? Yeah. And so he will most likely, in my opinion, step back and no longer contact these guys. It's too painful. Yeah. For the, for him to be there. Right? Right. It's almost as if at, at the, you know, throughout the film... Every time Patty tries to intervene, things get worse, right? Yeah. And once he learns to step back and just let them be, you know, things are a lot better, right? Mm -hmm. And I think Patty might be the main, uh, obviously is the main source of their rage and their hatred, right? Right. And so once he's gone, that's gone. Yeah, man. It's, and, 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 and I loved the ending shot of them walking through mm-hmm. the arena right into camera. And it just, like I said, man, I have no shame in admitting that I was hysterical. Like yeah. I could feel it, feel this emotion welling up and I don't like to cry in movies. I really don't. <laughs> and I've only cried really in a handful of I movies. I just can't. <laughs> You're dead inside. Yeah, a little, uh, but, um, I've only cried in a handful of movies. One of them, you're going to laugh your ass off. I cried at the end of Click. Well, now, hold on. When Adam Sandler is, is reaching out for Ben at the end of the movie. Click is the saddest, funny funny movie I've ever seen because of that, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, this is anyway, a Click episode. Uh, so I cried at the end of Click. I cry all the time when I watch Endgame. Sorry. Like... I would say that's more shameful than crying at the end of this movie. But yeah, man, like I could feel it. And I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then I felt as soon as you feel that one tear. Yeah. It's everything over. else. Come, it's over. It's over. Yeah. And I was just I was hysterical yeah. and I could feel multiple tears running down my face. And I because like I said, it, it really made me think about my relationship with my brother. Mm-hmm. Of course, me and Jordan aren't estranged in any way. I mean, we just talked the other day. But, you know, it really got me thinking about, you know, the things me and him have been together. And, 
you know, it could have been as bad as these guys. Could have been. You know, and it's, for me, yeah, I, I recognize that it, it's not a happy victory. But for me, I took it as a win. Mm-hmm. Like, they found each other. Sure, Tommy's going to go off to prison. But yeah, they found each other again. And like I said, I, I, I... I'd also like to think that Brendan would give money to, to Pilar. To Pilar. Well, because I, I, yeah, I highly doubt... Like, their get debt's the, not $5 million. $5 million. Right. Unless it is. Exactly. $5 yeah. million. But, yeah, that he would recognize, like, you... Your cause was just as noble as mine. Right. Let me get my family exactly. comfortable, and then I'll help her out. Of course. You know, because... You know, and they established very on that Brendan does care about other people, you know. We see that with his students. Uh, and what a group of kids that love their teacher so much that they want to watch him fight in the UFC. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, man, I, I really, really dug it. I knew I was going to the first time I saw the trailer. But, man, I... As I've told you, and as I'm, I know I've said on the podcast, drama movies just—it's—I it, really have to be in a specific mood to really get into a drama movie. But I, for sure, will definitely rewatch this one for again because sure. I—I want—I really wanted Ashley to watch it because I had a feeling she would kind of like it. But man, it's ugh. And so this brings me back uh, to the importance of the music, okay. right? And so if you are watching this, you're not going to get the music we're going to add. And I'm going to ask Rain that he play the entire Warrior version of About Today at the end of the episode. Uh, yes, if you want to listen to the audio, we've said it numerous times. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere. There's podcasts. Find us because that's where we play the music right, that's from where the we movies. Played, right, exactly. Uh, um, here we can't really do that on YouTube, but um, do yourself a favor, shut our video off, and go listen to... You or, just type it in on the search bar about today, uh, Warrior version, click it. It should have the poster on there and you'll be fine. Or uh, finish the video. Oh, okay. Or whatever. And then, or whatever. Whatever. Whatever uh, you want to do. The, you don't run your life. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend it. And because um, it's not... It's almost the whole song in mm-hmm. the in the movie, but it, it's something to listen to it just by itself. Right. It's amazing. I listen to it all the time. Yeah, man. Uh, and like I said, I, I attribute to my emotion because of the song. Right. Like, the song was great. I was like, really, after after I finally wiped the tears away, I was like, I, I need to start listening to these guys. Jeremy, oh, they're unbelievable. Jeremy said, I need to listen to them. I need to start listening to them. Because... Uh, as much as I love listening to music uh, that I've listened to, like albums I've listened to a million times, I do like discovering new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like Sidebar, Kid Cudi's new album is out. Oh my God. But anyway, but yeah, did they put this version of the, the song on an album or can you find it? It's on the soundtrack oh, okay. um, for Warrior. Um, you can buy it independently on iTunes by itself. Okay. Or if you have Apple Music. I don't have Apple Music, but... If he's, not, he's not a fancy boy. I'm not. Um, so, it's on there. This version is not on... On any album? No. Gotcha. They play it this way live. Um, 
and you can all always listen to the original Cherry Tree studio version. But um, anyway, the National, check them out. They're unbelievable. I love these guys. Their whole discography, it's amazing. So, so Jeremy, yeah. Are you ready to wrap up? Wrap up. Wrap up. I am ready to wrap up. 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 Yeah, um, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Uh, you, I mean, you've so far you've picked some great movies that I've really enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> um, I told my mom she needs to watch Recurring for a Dream. I was like, but be warned, it, it's intense. It's a downer. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know. I didn't really feel like this one was a downer. I mean, yes, it, there were things that were heartbreaking. Right. And but emotionally invigorating as why well. you know, they, they're emotionally challenging, the, right. these films. And I think this season, I think that's all my picks are going to be. Yeah, I mean... Uh, is these sort of emotionally challenging films. Definitely, um, yeah. So this will be the season of downers. <laughs> season for, of downers. For me. You can pick whatever you want. Well, I mean, that's our, our logo kind of matches that. You it know? does. Because the prestige is... Which we'll have to do this season, so buckle up for that. That's later. Um, yeah. Down the line. But, uh, but, yeah, man, I loved it. I'm glad you gave me a copy. Um, of course, I, I watched... Uh, 4K, but... I watched it on Hulu. It was on okay. Hulu. But, um, yeah, man... Uh, that one's got commentary. I, I, I recommend that. Okay, cool. So, Jeremy. Yes, sir. Are you ready to hear about next week? I am ready to hear about next week. It is your pick. It's a rain pick. Because, like I said, I've got a surprise for you. Oh, boy. So, I need everyone to understand this backstory. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the season that we may do a Christmas movie, because here we are in December, uh, I really was thinking about it. I was like... What Christmas movie could I do that we could have a great discussion about? And I was really, really leaning towards uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, right? But I was at the last second, I was like, no. And it's mainly because of this movie that I said, we're not going to do a Christmas movie. I want to keep up with... The the, the emotion. This is the happiest I've ever been. Is you saying we don't have to do a Christmas movie? <laughs> uh, so I want to keep up with this emotion that we've been feeling. Okay. Um, this one. This so this pick. Um, I really. I was like, I really want to talk about this movie, even though it also, uh, the first time I ever saw it, made me cry. Okay. Great. Um, and it's a movie that I think people forget. Um, almost got Leo. Yeah, that's right. Leonardo DiCaprio, an Oscar, this cool. early in his career. Cool. So next week, we're doing What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Awesome. Okay. Um, I Like I said, the first time I, my mom ever showed it to me, I cried because uh, Leo plays a, a, an amazing mentally handicapped uh, character. I'm going to tell you something's going to blow your mind. Blah, I'm ready. I've never seen What's Eating Gilbert You've Grape. You've never seen What's Eating Gilbert Grape? <laughs> no. Oh, never. my God, dude. Never. Um, uh, very... I heard Johnny Depp is amazing in it. I know that, obviously, Leo's great, and whoever plays the mom is fat. So I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> uh, so I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Um, my only thing about the movie, and we'll talk more about it next week. Obviously. My only thing about the movie is uh, Johnny Depp's character, Gilbert Grape's uh, love interest, played by Jeanette Lewis. Uh-huh. It's just her face. Okay. I really just don't like Jeanette Lewis that much. 
<laughs> not saying she's a bad actress, but it just there's something about her. You're kind of saying it. That I don't like her. Okay. And but, it's my Laurel anything. I get it. Yeah. But um, but anyway, we also awesome. uh, everyone enjoyed Warrior. Um, oh. We, I mean, we say, I'm, I know we've said it across five seasons, but we highly recommend everyone check it out. Like I said, uh, I was able to watch it on Hulu or, as Jeremy likes, a physical copy. So go pick that up. Um, next week, what's eating Gilbert Grape? That's exciting. Yeah. And uh, we will see everyone next week. Didn't ask you why